Hello and welcome to another episode of Sunyukanam Sunyukado podcast and today in the studio with me I have a special guest in the studio but I'll allow him to introduce himself and tell you who he is and then we'll get into the conversation and I'm your host Aisidu Jami for today's episode on the Sunyukanam Sunyukado um podcast okay thank you very much Azalu for having me here on the podcast so my name is Saja Cham So I'm a victim of the 22 years of tyranny that happened here for like since so my own particular one was with my dad so my name is Saja my my dad's name is Ismail Cham he was working at the Gambia Civil Aviation Authority GCA at the airport my mom's name is Fatma Taboja so I'm here to share my own side of the story Thank you Saja for coming on the podcast um and I think it's um we are very happy to have you because the reason why we have in this um podcast project is because um we see the need that a lot of stories have not been heard um especially um we had the truth and reconciliation commission which is the TRRC uh which had a lot of testimonies from victims but and also they did a very good job in terms of having victims to come and share their stories but also there's a lot of victims out there who haven't shared their stories um to the to the world and to the Gambia um, most especially um just for 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 documentation purposes it's important that these stories are told um to to be able to attain never again because one of the slogan of the TRC which is never again and for us to attain never again is to ensure that people know the stories people really know that these things happen in the Gambia so um your that was um remind me of his name again Ismail Cham so your dad was Ismail Cham who used to work at the civil aviation authority in the Gambia and i know he was um he was arbitrarily arrested at some point and then tortured at the NIA and eventually later he passed on right so can you tell the, those that are listening to you what had the impact um, got to you and your family i know then you were very young and maybe you might not even understand a lot about what really happened but can you briefly tell us a little bit about the story what happened and also the impact it had on you your mom and your life as well thank you so like i will start from when it happened it all started uh, it happened 2006 may particularly i forgot the day but i can remember it was on on a monday so he closed from work then he came back then we saw some armies he came they arrested him so there was no words or anything regarding on why they, he was arrested and everything so he was taken so you know the situation so you, you you don't you don't even know where to go and look for him and so so he was taken then he was brought back he was released there in a, on a week later but on his stay there when he was re- when he was taking he was taking in a good health and everything so when they took him what he told me like they were taking for questioning like everyone like uh st- each, each goes like an atom so and it, it reached his tongue so for him he had problems with his joints and like he wasn't that strong yeah by then 
but he had little little problem. I was young then, but he was always complaining about his joint and stuff. So he said he was chained. So his legs and his hands were chained. So he was, they were taking him upstairs for questioning. Then when they are going upstairs, so the chains, when you are taking steps onwards, you know it's too difficult to go. So now he he said the person that was taking him, and I, I could not capture, capture the soldier's name. So he told him that, can you just slow down the pace a little bit? So, because I have problems with walking this fast, especially on chains. And the person told him, if you don't like it, just go. Then the person started pushing him. So that's how he felt. Then the person, uh, the person moved. Then he started rolling over. On so the on the stairs, still down. So he said he lost consciousness from that moment. Yeah. So when he woke up, like he woke up, he does. He, he didn't even know the day or the time he woke up, cause he woke up in the cell where him and his other friend. His other friend, his name is Fabakari, I think. Yeah. But I'll ask my mom, cause I forgot. I was young by then. So he, when he got up, he said he couldn't feel his legs, he couldn't feel his hands, and everything. So he started asking what day is today. They told him what time is today. They told him, but he was lying down and he couldn't move. So the officer there asked. He asked him everything. They told him you you passed out and we brought you back. So I don't know what happened. So he was released. Fast forward, he was released on the next Monday, like one week. But when my mom went there to for his release to take him, he was paralyzed. He could not walk. And his hands are all paralyzed. So it's only his neck and everything he has control over. So basically that's how it was for the... Basically he had a stroke. Yeah. It's not generally a stroke, but someone there told him that it's the soldiers, they might inject him with something. Yeah, because they might inject him with something, then he could not walk again. So that lasted from 2006, they released him me. He could not ever walk again for like five years, seven months. And he passed away 2011, September 7th. Yeah, basically that was what happened. And all that period, like what happened and all the stuff we gone through, all the traumas and everything, like... It's been very Yeah, yeah. So maybe that, that's, that space of five years probably where it was the most difficult time in our lives. So me, my mom only had me. So my dad couldn't walk and he couldn't do anything on his own, anything. Even if he's turning, when he's lying down, when he's turning on the other side, he has to, someone else has to help him. Yeah. So my mom was there, the only person helping him do this, do that. Then, and one of my, one of his namesake, who was living with us here at the time, and he was very young by then, but he was older than me for like uh, maybe seven years or eight years. So that one was helping my mom and stuff. So that's how it was every, every time. They went for treatment at the RVTH. They scanned him and everything. They said they didn't see anything because his muscles were dead. So they started going to treatment at Dakar and everything. So basically that was until he, until he passed. Thank you very much, uh, Saja. Um, that must have been very, very difficult for you and your family. And I know... Um, you know, I know how it feels to lose your dad at a very early age with all that lives have to offer. Your mom had to, um, you know, help your dad, yourself. You were very young. 
like you've mentioned and yes so it it really uh it was really it was really a hard moment for you i know um but at the end of the day um this is something that uh, happened to a lot of gambians um during the 22 years rule dictatorship and i think that is a purpose for us to have these kind of discussions because people really need to know what happened right to be able to um attain the goal which is to ensure that governments implements the, the the recommendations that were made by the TRRC because that is the only way that we can put uh, people on check we can put our security forces because it starts from the security forces they're the ones that were been ordered to arrest and detain people and then torture them and then from there whatever happened to them they are held responsible and the only way for us to ensure these things happen is for government to implement its its, its white paper um so your family your your mom went to the TRRC to give a statement and and also you as a young young person um who lost your father at a very early age you have dreams you have aspirations you have what you want to become when you grow up right so what has this affected you your school your life mentally psychologically in terms of really what had happened to you as a young boy growing up yeah like i said it happened in 2006 on baden i was 9 years old and i was at grade 4 so during that period i was at at a private school ndaus so when he started he was not going to work he was paralyzed and everything so now his job place they they were still paying him salary but they they were paying him half i was young but i was seeing all those stuffs even his salary pay slips i was the one had that would uh, use his signature to do it for him because i copied his signature and i could do it myself so i knew how how much they were paying him and i asked him how much is the initial payment he told me and that was like 50% of it so that was basically how we were living on our lives so my mom basically was a business woman before she was going doing business and everything but when that happened she couldn't do anything other than taking care of him and doing what he needs at any moment in time so like that i was going to school and everything things were hard at some moments like my mom wanted to take me out of there and take me to other cheaper schools where she would be pain less and everything but my dad said no it's better to continue. continue yeah even though it's hard but let's just live in there and everything and it had consequences and traumas and everything because all those years like i feel like i lost the time where a child had that moment or time with his dad or with his parents in situations So all those stuff triggered them you can as a kid you go to school you see other people that come and pick them up and everything and everything yeah so all those stuff when we are young yeah so after all the other traumas came like when i was getting older like you may need stuff to do or educational wise i cannot do all those stuff especially when he passed just passed away like my mom was in working she had to start from scratch and everything so she was starting from she was paying my school fees she was giving me lunch and everything she was doing basically everything on on her own yeah for years until i graduated and everything so i had to go to university and it was difficult so the tuition fee was difficult and i was 
not going to school for like two, three years because of financial issues and everything. So then I started, I was like on a go and stop, yeah, on and off. So I sometimes I start the semester, then I have to break it off. Then I wait when we have money or whatsoever. So I divide almost like a year and a half semesters. One year, six months. And are you able to complete? Yeah. Now I'm going still. And I recently had a scholarship, like last semester. So now I have to do all those semesters that I... For, yeah, that I missed. Like one year and this semester. Like two more semesters plus this semester we are going to have an exam like in January. Yeah, like you said, uh, no amount of reparation will bring him back and everything and all those memories lost and all the traumas and the mental health problems and everything. For me personally, I, I don't think the government they are doing much towards the the victims or how to uh, use the white paper as suggested there and the recommendations there. And for the, the, the people that were responsible for doing some crimes and everything and they are not held accountable to it. So I believe that the people that were used or they were doing this kind of stuff to people or victims should be held accountable and they face the necessary necessary justice that should be faced and everything and for the uh, for the for the victims we have different uh, categories or different different ways of how we are affected so like there's no one general stuff that can be made for everyone to start doing all these reparations and everything but to start from maybe try to connect the victims try to like for them to say what happened and everything because sometimes letting something out and everything like the TRLC did coming out give them the space and everything to let everything out to let all the emotions out and all the it might help because if you want to take everyone to therapy and everything yeah we don't believe in those stuffs to that certain level so it's different how you should handle we should handle all different different victims and and how they can remove all those traumas from their head and everything. Because certain traumas, they are permanent. You cannot just remove those here. You cannot just take them off and everything. So I feel like more work should be done, like with the victims and the human rights associations and everything, like how to help them in whatever way each person specifically can be helped and everything. When you hear the person's stories, they are different from the next man's story and everything. So, yeah. Thank you very much, um, Saja. Um, if you're just uh, tuning in, you're listening to Sunyukanam Sunyukado podcast. And with me in the studio, I have Saja Cham, the son of the late Ismaila Cham, who used to work for the Gambia Civil Aviation Authority. He was arrested and detained and later um, died in 2006. Mm-hmm. 2011. Um, Saja is here to speak to uh, listeners about what really happened to her fa- her, his father rather, and also the impact of the violation um, that was made on his father, on his life as a young boy growing up. Now he's a university student and he's urging um, the government of the Gambia to ensure that the white papers are implemented to the latter. 
and he he buttressed Saja I was happy that you buttressed on a very important point which was um giving victims a platform because that is very important um he made mention that the platform should be platforms should be given to victims just to share their stories because sometimes the more you take things out the better for victims the more they share their stories they become they feel better and i think also to ensure that um because that way they can heal from their trauma because in gambia we a lot of people tend to um not believe about psychosocial support but you know because we all suffer differently and i think we also we all need to be treated differently right if i fully understand that um thank you very much saya for coming on the sunyukanam sunyukado podcast and if you have any final words to say you could just say it thank you for having me here and i appreciate coming here to share my story my side of the story cause maybe my mom just gave a statement and maybe listed all the summarized details and everything yeah coming here to see my own side of the story and everything that happened yeah it's okay for me and i appreciate it and everything yeah and i would i would like to urge the government to to follow the necessary steps and all the recommendations and everything because even it's not just part it's not just monetary that's going to heal everybody or whatsoever you can give a bunch of money to anyone today today tomorrow next day you not see anything from the money again so it's not like the money is the most important thing they are looking for and or everything but it's needed so even if it's a necessity for some to have it and it's not even some most all of us to have it yeah so even the reparation monetary reparations that we are that should be paid to certain victims some are still not receive fully of everything so i don't know how the process it or how how the process is all going through all this money stuff but i just try to tell the government like those are just the basic stuff where they should start from then follow up on the recommendations and everything help uh, hold people accountable of what they did and everything the people they have evidence against and people they had they they even like accused the victim accused of having go through or certain stuffs with them. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much Saja for coming on this new Kanam Sunukado podcast and this is what we have for you today and I'm and I was your host Isidu Jame on the show today. Until we come your way another day another time with a different guest to talk about their stories and also the expectation regards to the implementation of the government's white paper. Thank you again and do have a wonderful wonderful day ahead. Thank you.